We're in Numbers chapter 16 tonight. Uh, it's actually a long chapter, so uh, I'm kind of glad that we're, we got like 50 minutes. Um, Numbers chapter 16. So I'm not sure, you know, but, but I want us to, I want us to take our time through this and we're going to have discussion and everything. If we get through with all the verses and we get through with them, uh, and that'll, that'll be great. We'll move on next week. If not, then we can always pick up uh, next week where we left off. But uh, we're in chapter 16 of the book of Numbers. And so far, over the last last couple of lessons, of course, uh, we, we've seen how they, they went from Mount Sinai uh, and began moving up towards Kadesh Barnea. Uh, Kadesh was the place just south of the Israeli border, or, well, it wasn't called the Israeli border then, though, was it? Uh, it was south of the Canaanite border. And, uh, and so that's where they were to camp. They were to send spies over. And so uh, they sent 12 spies for 40 days. And uh, they went through, looked at all the land, uh, the land, came back and brought their reports back to the, uh, the people there. And, of course, we know that uh, two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, they said, you know, this, this place is ready. Uh, the, the Lord is with us. We need to go in. We need to take it now. Uh, the rest of the spies said uh, it's impossible. They said their walls are too big. Their people are too big. Uh, the land itself is one that will just swallow us up whole if we even try to go in. And so, of course, they brought this bad report and, uh, and the people fought along with the tent. And so they decided that they were not going to go up and to take the land. They were not going to trust God. And uh, so they, they rebelled against the Lord and decided to stay back. Well, just after that, of course, we know not only did they say no, but then they started running their mouths. Now, let me give you a tip. If you're going to say no to God, just be quiet after that, okay? Uh, but they didn't. They started running their mouths, and, and they said, you brought us all the way up here, and we might as well just go back to Egypt. We would rather die in this wilderness than, you know, to continue on. And, uh, and so God heard what they said, if you remember, and uh, he brought it back on them. He said, well, uh, if, if that's what you want, then that's what you're going to get. And so he sentenced them uh, to wander around in the wilderness uh, for 40 years until that first generation died off. Now, what's interesting is, is that uh, God went ahead and immediately took care of those spies and some other of the people uh, that had really been stirring stuff up. But then the rest of that generation, uh, they would just wander in the wilderness until... Uh, until that that whole generation died off, aside from from who? Caleb and Joshua, right? Jo- Joshua and Caleb, and so even Moses and Aaron would die before uh, they go over into the promised land. So only Joshua and Caleb from that first generation will be allowed to go in. Um, now we saw last week after all this took place, after the sentence was was uh, you know given to the people. Uh, we saw last week where uh, they had several different instructions. And what we studied about were the tassels on their clothes and uh, what that meant and what that represented. It was to be a reminder of them, of God's laws and, and God's ways and, of course, who they were. And so they had, uh, you know, I don't know what the response to this was, but it, it looks as though, I mean, everything was going great again. And then suddenly uh, Satan comes in and he starts messing things up. Uh, he he started putting uh, he put, started putting doubt in some people's mind. He started stirring some people up, uh, wanting power and and uh, wanting 
uh, their pride was stirred up. And so uh, what we find in chapter 16 is, of course, the rebellion of the sons of of Korah. And uh, we're going to see what happens with them. Now, really, we have 50 verses to go through, so we're just going to jump right on in. We're going to let the text speak for itself. We'll, we'll make some comments to it, but let's just look at what it says here. Uh, first of all, we find their rebellion in verses 1 through 14. In verses 1 through 3, we have an uprising. It says, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the son of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, uh, sons of Reuben took men. Now, what these were, these were great-grandchildren of uh, Levi and Reuben. And so we got these, these guys from Kohath, and we got some descendants of Reuben as well that, uh, that kind of get a, a, a gang together, and they're going to go up and try to bully around Moses and Aaron. Now, look what it says in verse 2. It says, And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, Famous in the congregation, men of renown. What you need to understand about this verse, when it, how it's describing these men, they didn't just get 50 guys off the street together. They got 50 guys that had respect. They, they got 50 guys that, uh, that people knew about. Uh, these were men that, uh, when it talks about pe- people being men of renown, they were, they were men of reputation. Uh, these were these were if you notice it says 50 princes of the assembly these were leaders among men and so he they get all these guys together and they're going to go up and and try to intimidate Moses and Aaron now look at verse 3 it says and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them look at this you take too much upon you seeing all the congregation are holy every one of them and the Lord is among them Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Really what this is about is, we don't want you, Moses and Aaron, we don't want you guys being the, the, the leaders over everybody. He said, look at it, this, this whole congregation is holy. We're all God's people. Uh, we can rule ourselves, you know, uh, or, or whatever it was. I think really they, they were in a struggle for power for, for their own selves. They, they wanted to... Uh, probably overthrow Aaron and and uh, and Moses and set someone up else instead. Uh, but here they are, and, and they're rebelling against them. They're bringing these accusations against them. And I want you to notice in verse three, it says uh, he, they say to Moses and Aaron, "You take too much upon you." Moses has been complaining since day one that he didn't want to be in that position, hasn't he? <laughs> God said, I'm going to send you and you're going to do this. And Moses said, no, sir, you got the wrong guy. I, I do not want to do that job. And that's when he got Aaron. And, uh, you know, and, and all this time, you know, he's uh, he's never been craving this leadership. This was uh, this position that Moses and Aaron had were God given leaderships. And uh, so, uh, you know, they were they were all wrong from the very beginning. Moses hadn't appointed himself as the leader of Israel. God had appointed him as the leader. And uh, but but anyway, this was this was their uh, this is how they they rose up against them, as we find in verses one through three. Now, verses four through seven, Moses uh, responds to this. We see the instructions that he gives. Verse verse four says, when Moses heard it, look at what he did. He fell upon his face. Now, there's a lot of ways that Moses could have reacted. Probably some ways I would have reacted, you know, to something like that. But Moses, remember, is, is meek. 
I mean, he's in this great power of leadership. He's in this great power of, uh, of authority in, in the land, but he's, he is humble. He, he is meek uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, his relationship with God and even when it comes to his leadership. Now, when we say meek, we're not talking about weakness. We're not, ta- we're, we're not saying that he was scared of them. He wasn't, I don't think he was at all afraid of what was going on there. But I think the first thing, he, he wanted to humble himself before God before he starts handling this situation. Because let me tell you, it's really easy to get in the flesh when somebody's coming against you like that, isn't it? And uh, so he, he could have reacted in a lot of different ways, but what he does is he reacts in humility. And uh, I, I really think that when he fell upon his face, uh, I think this was more of a falling down before God. This is my opinion, but uh, that he's falling down before God. He's, he's uh, humbling himself before God uh, rather than falling down in fear of them. I, I don't think that's what's going on at all here. Now, why do I say that? Because of verse 5, it says, And he spoke to Korah and unto all his company, saying, uh, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy. Now, what did they say? They said the whole congregation's holy, right? He said, he said okay, tomorrow the Lord's going to show you who's holy. Uh, and holy has to do with the, the purpose for which they had been set aside. Um, you know, and, and so Moses had his position because he had been set aside for that position. And the same was true with Aaron. It says, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him who he hath chosen, uh, will he uh, cause to come near unto him. Now, this is what Moses says. He says, do this. Take your censers, Korah and, and all his company, and put fire therein and put incense uh, on them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. Uh, he's not backing down. This is not a coward talking to them. You know, he, he says, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get uh, you're going to all go out and you're going to make you pans uh, for incense. Since you think that you're all good enough to be the priest and uh, good enough to stand before the Lord like this. He says, you go get the pans of incense and uh, and, and we'll all show up and we'll see what happens. And uh, so he tells him, you know, you go go make those pans and and uh, those censers is what he's talking about. And uh, we'll we'll all go down to the tabernacle and we'll see who God wants to be doing the service. All right. Don't tick Moses off now. You saw what happened when they made the golden calf, didn't you? It says, and Moses said to Korah, here, I pray you, you sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself and to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he has brought thee near unto him and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi with thee and seek ye the priesthood also. Now, what what Moses is saying to them, he's saying, do you are you despising what God has has called you to do? Is it not enough that God has already he separated you from the people already to a special service. He's already given you a special service, uh, a special place here among the children of Israel. And uh, you've got that place. You can you're ministering in this tabernacle and you're helping to minister to people as well. He said, is it is that not enough? You want more? You want to take the priesthood, too? And uh, this is the, the questions that he asked them. Now we read in verse seven. Um, we're down to verse 10, right? So we're, we're looking at this argument that's going on between Moses and the sons of Korah. He says, for which cause both you, uh, both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord. He says, what is Aaron that you murmur against him? 
Uh, verse 12, it says, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, uh, the sons of Eliab, uh, which said, We will not come up. So he says in verse 13, Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into the land, uh, a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Uh, Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? They said, we will not come up. Now, just to kind of put all this into perspective, he, uh, Moses, first of all, he talks to the sons of Korah, and, and he asked them, is it, you know, is this a small thing? You know, what, why, why are you, why are you bucking up against all this? And so he asked this whole conversation with the sons of Korah. Then he sends out messengers to these guys from Reuben's tribe. And he says, I want y'all to come out here. We're going to have a discussion with you too. And they said, no, we're not coming out there. They said, you know, why, why should we listen to you? You, you said you were going to take us into a land that flows with milk and honey. You said we were going to have fields that we never planted. We were going to pick from trees that, uh, that aren't ours. We're going to live in houses that we never built. You, you promised all this stuff to us. And where is it? We don't see any of it. Now, what is the irony in that statement? They had been told about that earlier. They're saying, Moses, this is your fault that we're not there. It's your fault we're not in the land. If you had been a better leader, we could be up there right now. now where's the irony in this? They, yeah, they, they were the ones that chose not to go in, right? Moses was saying, let's go. Joshua was saying, let's go. Caleb's saying, let's get in there. And they're all saying, no, we can't. And uh, now, of course, they're, uh, they're, they're wanting to turn on Moses for all of this. So we find in verses 15 through 40, we find the challenge uh, that's placed before them. Now, Moses does get get mad. And and we find this in verses 15 through 19. Uh, Look at what he says. Now, I want you to pay close attention to what what Moses' words are. He's going to talk to two people. He's going to talk to the Lord and he's going to talk to them. Now, in verse 15, it says Moses was very wroth. What does that mean? Yeah. He pitched a fit. He, he was mad. Right. He was, yeah. It says, And Moses was very wroth and said unto the Lord, this is what he says, Respect not thou their offerings. I have not taken one donkey from them, neither have I hurt one of them. Now, I want you to pay attention to what Moses is doing here. He told the sons of Korah, he says, uh, and all those guys, he said, I want you to go get censers. You're going to get incense. You're going to go before the Lord. We're all going to have a meeting, and you're going to see who's holy before the Lord. Now, he goes to God, and this is what he says. God, do not respect their offering. <laughs> now, we're, we're all going to show up, but you don't do it. Don't Please do not respect what they're going to bring to you. He said, because I haven't done anything to them. I haven't taken any. I haven't robbed them of anything. I have not. I haven't done a thing against them that would make them act this way towards me. Uh, and so this is what he says to God. He says, you know, this is this. Remember, this is God's man. He says, Lord, don't respect their offerings. Now, look at verse 16. And Moses said to Korah, be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow. Talking about the thou and they is uh, Korah and the and the Reubenites. Verse 17, and take every man his censer and put incense in them and bring them before the Lord, every man his censer, 250 censers, thou also in Aaron, each of you his censer. 
And they took every man a censer and put fire in them and laid incense thereon and took the and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. Notice verse 19, and Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. Now, Moses turns around, verse 16, he says, I want you to go put incense in. We're all going to stand before God. And remember, what did he just tell the Lord? Man, this is a setup from the very beginning. <laughs> this is a setup. He says, you, you get all your 250 men. We're going to show up. He says, and bring Aaron too. Aaron, Aaron will come too. And we'll all go and we'll offer incense before the Lord. And we'll see who it is that he has accepted. Now, look at God's anger here. Verse 20, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. Uh, God, was, God was asking permission. He said, if you'll just get out of the way, I'll, I'll just destroy them right now. Now, God's already uh, told Moses this several times. Uh, by the way, I also want you to notice that it says the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. There's been two times before now where the cloud just abruptly shows up. Y'all remember us talking about that? This wasn't a gentle flowing down of the cloud. I mean, this uh, when the glory of the Lord appeared, I think it was still... It was one of those thundering in uh, type things. And so here he is. He appears before them and uh, and he says, just move out of the way and I'll just kill them all right now. Verse 22. And they fell upon their faces and said, oh, God, the God of spirits of all flesh, the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation. Now, I may be interpreting this wrong. If you see something that. That, you know, but but this this is my understanding of this. When it says they fell on their faces, I don't think it was all of them. Uh, who do you think that was? Moses and Aaron, because they really cared. They, what did I say? Moses and Aaron, yeah. Because they they really cared about the people. Um, the, the sons of Korah, they're mad. They're in the flesh. They, they, you know, they don't care. They, they just want power. They just want, uh, they, I don't even know if they knew what they wanted. They just, they were just throwing a fit. And, uh, and so they're, they're all out there, but I want you to notice it says they fell down. I believe this is Moses and Aaron that are falling down because they really, uh, are concerned about, uh, all the people. And, and, uh, I think to maybe even to some extent concerned for the ones that had met with them there that day. Now look at verse 23. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Yeah, I think, you know, I think probably they all heard it, but Moses and Aaron were being addressed, you know, uh, which also could be kind of a, a poke at the ones that are gathered there uh, that day, too. So the Lord, uh, the Lord addresses them in verse 23, spoke to, to Moses saying, uh, Moses and Aaron saying, speak to unto the congregation saying, get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, uh, Dathan and Abiram. And Moses uh, rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation saying, depart, I pray you from the tents of these wicked men. And touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle, which would just be the uh, the temples of, of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood on the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. Now, this was Moses' instructions. He says, you go to the people. We're not talking about Korah and these other guys. He says, you go to the people 
and you tell them back up, all right, that you see these tents right here, get away from them because something's fixing to happen. All right, and so he, he starts calling all the people to, to back up and all. And, uh, of course, the challengers come out to their tent, and they're still being, you know, uh, you know, just uh, just stubborn and everything, standing in the door. I could just see them crossing their arms and scowling at Moses. And, you know, they think they're really doing something and, and uh, making a stand. And, and uh, Moses is just saying, y'all just get back, get back. Uh, you, you're going to see something here in just a second. And uh, so it says that they, uh, they, they got up, they, they got away from, uh, from the tabernacles of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And look in verse 28, it says, And Moses said, Hereby shall you know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them, notice what he says there, of my own mind. I'm not here because I want to be. I'm here because God put me here. Verse 29, if these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. Look at verse 30. But if the Lord make a new thing, if he does something you've never seen before, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked, not me, but they have provoked the Lord who called me, the, the Lord who put me in this position. Now, I like Moses. Notice that he didn't just say if some new thing appears, he, he even got creative with it. He said, if the Lord, if, if the ground opens its mouth and swallows these up, then you'll see that, that you know, they will provoke the Lord. You'll see that I really am the one uh, that God has put in leadership. Now, uh, as we continue to read there, we see the judgment in verse 31. It says, It came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them. Now, let me, the word clave uh, means split. Okay? The, it says that the ground split beneath them. It just opened up. It says in verse 32, and the, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and to all their goods. Now, what does it mean when it says the earth opened her mouth? Does the earth have a mouth? I'm sorry? A sinkhole? Okay. Earthquake? Okay. It basically, you know, it... The, when it says open his mouth, it just means that basically it opened up and, and like a mouth would just devour everything, would swallow it up. It says the earth just opened up and just covered them back. Yeah, they were buried alive, basically, in the dirt. By the way, um, what's very interesting, I've told you all this before, but at the Battle of Jericho, um, you can go to Jericho today and you're not going to see a bunch of, you remember that wall came tumbling down? You're not going to see a bunch of rocks laying around and scattered all over the place. What you're going to see is you're going to see the walls of the city intact, still whole. It's like the earth opened its mouth and just swallowed the, the walls and covered it back up. It's amazing, isn't it? And uh, which, of course, would have been the best battle plan for them to run in. You know, uh, they're, they're not tripping over anything. It says that, you know, basically the walls just, it says they came down. The song says it came tumbling down, but the walls came down, and that's exactly what they did. They went down into the earth. You can go look at them today. Um, 
Y'all come on with me and we'll go. We'll see it. Now, um, where were we? Anybody remember? 30, I heard 32 and 33. Okay, we, uh, yeah, we were on 32. Okay, so here we're 33. They and all that appertained to them went alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Look at verse 34. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. I think God got his point across. 35, and there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. Well, isn't that interesting? Now, we've got...